welcome to the Duke Basketball Corner Podcast. I am your host, Adam Comero. With Duke having the weekend off and Zion having a pretty epic NBA de- debut for the Pelicans, scoring 17 points out of his 22 in the fourth quarter in like a three-minute stretch or whatever. It was crazy. He had uh, four threes, which is more than he had in any single Duke game last season. So it was it, it was a heck of a performance. I thought it would be fun to revisit my thoughts on him pre-draft. So I grabbed his individual portion of the 2019 Duke pre-draft scouting report episode I recorded with Mike Ribinoff of the Stepian. Mike is awesome. He does a great job with uh, draft scouting reports. He goes real in-depth. Check him out. In which we discuss Zion, RJ Barrett, Cam Reddish, and a bit of Marquise Bolton. I left in most of the intro, the original intro, then did a tiny little bit of editing just to cut some things out which didn't really have anything to do with Zion or were unnecessary. I'm not trying to get rid of anything. I mean, especially considering the original full podcast is still up for anyone to hear, and it will be. And after re-listening, I'm actually pretty satisfied with my... I'm I'm pretty satisfied with my thoughts outside of... I guess not being angry, just disappointed in myself (laughs) for uh, not commenting on... Really, Zion's need to improve what is, at times, a loose handle. I think he'll be doing a lot more dribbling and playmaking in the NBA, and he can't be loose with the dribble, as would sometimes occur at Duke, or else that'll be definitely taken advantage of and attacked in the NBA, especially considering he'll be starting out to play farther from the basket more often. Besides that, Mike and I pretty much covered everything Zion-related, so that about covers it. Uh, Enjoy the Zion scouting report, and keep in mind that I don't have the big platform, which automatically gets listeners, so your promo is vital to spread the word. And Duke Basketball, it deserves the best coverage, and no other Duke podcast or any platform, written or other of any kind, comes close to this. So help out Duke and college basketball fans in general. Spread the word of the Duke Basketball Corner podcast with ratings and reviews. If you've already done so, unsubscribe, resubscribe, and do it again. I appreciate any and all support from those who enjoy, and for those who want the full 2019 pre-draft scouting report pod, I will post the link in the description, or you can just find it as the uh, 2018-2019 Duke Basketball Corner episode number 27. Thanks so much. I'm a bit of a draft nerd myself. I've been doing it for years. I have Mike Ribinoff from The Stepian. He does a fantastic job with all the prospects, um, both the domestic, the international. Everyone does big boards, does everything, goes really he deep dives it. I mean, when I say he's a draft nerd, I mean that in the most complimentary way. Yeah, I'm excited. Thank you for having me on. Awesome. All right. So I encourage you to interrupt me whenever you have something to add, whenever I you feel I'm way off base, which is fine. I mean, as everyone should know, this is not a uh, an exact science. These are human beings um, that we're evaluating. Nothing is guaranteed as much as we try to, some try to make these prospects out to be like a data set, something like that, kind of like Moneyball in MLB. I can't do it like that. I try to include all the information well, at the same time, um, adding in the metrics and analytics as I think it helps. But I think it's just everything matters when evaluating these prospects. And even so, who knows how it'll end up. But let's get started. So, first of all, bold statement. 
I think Duke would have been absolutely unbeatable if either Zion or RJ were right-handed. And I think the way the offense was arranged um, this past season had a lot to do with the fact they both weren't great. Um, Zion was much, much better than RJ at not only uh, going to his right, the handle going to the right, but also finishing with his right. But even so, Zion, he his tendencies were typically to go back left, but I do feel like he also has the ability to finish right. But RJ, he they basically often cleared out the entire right side so he can go downhill from right to left. So I think that had a big effect on the offense, sometimes a little too negatively. Second of all, the offense without a scoring big and case system is basically the same motion offense 2016 national team ran on repeat. I mean, if you remember or anybody remembers Paul George, he gave a very interesting interview when the U.S., they had just played Serbia in the, in the pool round, and they barely beat Serbia with Jokic. And Paul George was basically just saying, there's no creativity. They know exactly what we're going to do. There's just nothing going on. If Duke does not have a big, that's kind of what they do. Obviously, LeBron wasn't there in 2016, but when LeBron was on K's national team, LeBron was the initiator. So while many think that Trey Jones was the true point guard, it was really RJ initiating much of that half-court offense, and I think that uh, it had an interesting effect. So I'll say that just to kind of, as an overview before, because obviously context is dependent with everything. So start out with Zion. First, the cliches. I mean, the it factor and the electricity. When, when he's on the floor, I mean, you can just feel the energy. And as kind of ridiculous as that sounds, because... I mean, I'm, I'm not trying to sound like Bill Walton or Dick Vitale or anything. It's just everything kind of picks up. And there's, it's just rare you see guys like that, that besides the skill set, they just have the ability when they're on the floor, everyone has to account for it. So, I mean, some of, some of the uh, comps, I don't, when I name comps, it's not exactly the player. Hopefully everyone knows that by now. Um, it's just aspects but, I mean, he's been compared a little bit. Rodney Rogers, Charles Barkley, Josh Smith, college Larry Johnson. Uh, I think there's aspects to each, but, I mean, just I don't think any of them really you can say, oh, that's what Zion is. I think he is kind of a unique, I guess, the unicorn prospect. So I think his biggest strengths, the quick twitch motor, the explosive urgency, especially for someone his size. I, I said like well, last year, while Mar Mar Marvin Bagley was a pogo stick, uh, kind of got off the ground as fast as anyone I've ever seen, especially with that second jump. Zion is like if you're using a bowler as the device in a slingshot. You pull it back and just watch out. There's the shiftiness, the fluidity, the elusiveness, the agility, slippery, I mean, and then you add in a super high basketball IQ, the crazy instincts, anticipation, the change of speed. It's just someone who we really haven't seen before, someone his size, move like he does, and then you add in, like I said, that basketball IQ. I think that's huge, and it's just crazy what he can do in terms of adjusting on the fly, even doing so in the air. So I think those are the obvious biggest strengths of his and just the the absolute dominance in getting to where he wants on the court, but not just bullying. He's so agile and fluid. 
And I mean, even with that, like, this is just a filthy drop step. Drop step, excuse me, filthy. The three-point shooting, I'll start out with that. Obviously, that's going to be talked about a lot. He made his first of the season against Kentucky. That was two of 17 um, in uh, the non-conference. I guess not counting St. John's. The non-conference 2018. Um, then in the entire 2019 season, though, he, uh, he actually shot 39.6. So he's proven he can make it. Obviously, it doesn't look like a shot where you think, oh, He's, he's going to be a knockdown shooter. But just what he can do, getting the defense to at least respect that, I mean, that'll just make the rest of his game and the penetration, everything else, all the more lethal. Offensive rebounds, that's a big thing, big strength of his. He really attacks the ball at its peak, but it's also that Rodman-esque feel, Dennis Rodman-esque feel for where the rebound would go. So it's not just him being more physical than anyone else. I mean, the box outs, I'll say again a little, in a little bit, I mean, that's something he actually, I don't want to say struggled, but he needs to get better at because I don't think he actually was great at boxing out. He just, he has that anticipation of where the rebound would go, and then he just attacks at its peak. And the effort, urgency, so I think if he can really get more consistent at boxing out, I, I mean, it's just, it's crazy how good a rebounder he can be. Um, he led the country in putback field goals uh, after offensive rebounds with 59, despite ranking 36th in possessions with 85. Obviously, that has a lot to do with missing six games or whatever that number was. Um, among those uh, with 58 possessions, offensive rebounds, he had the second highest field goal percentage in points per possession, both behind only Brandon Clark. And he was the only player among 91. He had a 0% turnover rate which uh, from watching and what the stats tell me, he doesn't have that kind of annoying tendency some have to bring the ball down after offensive rebounds like many others. It's just gets it, goes straight up, and many times just uh, dunking it right out of the air. And, I mean, only two teams had more than 119 putbacks on the season, with LSU ranking number two at 130, and Duke was number one at 141. And Zion, he had uh, just a little bit to do with that. So as, as I previously said, he needs to get better and more consistent at boxing out. He relies a lot on, on athleticism and anticipation to get rebounds no matter what in high school and college. But uh, he did find himself a little bit in trouble against better opponents, especially on defense, especially on defense when he didn't box out. So just in terms of Zion's kind of the overall, before I go into more specifics, the overall characteristics and his, uh, his rebounding, which I... I just, I'm in love with. How do you feel about uh, what I said there? Uh, well, first of all, I think that's a great point about uh, RJ and Zion both being lefty in that Duke offense. I haven't heard uh, anybody say that before, but uh, I've kind of like, I've thought about that watching the games, but I never like fully formed the thought together the way you did. And uh, I think that's a great point that, uh, you know, both of them being lefty and especially the way RJ was used and, uh, you know, obviously his tendency and he wants to go left, you know, and Zion, you know, being there and all that. Yeah, that, that that's a great point. But uh, yeah, with Zion, I think uh, maybe one thing that's worth adding is like kind of one of his top characteristics is just uh, his feet at his size are just absolutely incredible uh, considering like the weight and everything. You know, often these bigger body guys like uh, Taylor Horton Tucker, for example, or somebody like that, or even like a Kelton Johnson to some extent. 
And, uh, you know, they're smaller than Zion, uh, weight-wise, and just their frame and how big they are. And uh, it's just um, hard for guys like that to, like, play on their toes. You know, they play kind of flat-footed because it's just their top of their body is so heavy. It's uh, So that kind of slows them down a lot on, like, churns and, like, getting low to the ground and uh, really getting around guys and stuff like that. Uh, and Zion, he's it's incredible to see somebody 280 pounds be able to consistently play on his toes and be so kind of nimble and, uh, you know, his ability to get low with the dribble, uh, execute some of these crossovers uh, that he has and stuff like that. Uh, so I think that's like really a big part of his game that doesn't get as much talked about. And it's kind of like a big reason he's so successful past the, you know, vertical explosion and the strength and all that. Uh, so, yeah, but uh, yeah, I thought you had some great points. I agree with pretty much everything you said. Um what did I want to say uh, about the offensive rebounds? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I totally agree with the uh, boxing out uh, stuff. But uh, I think the offensive rebounds and the rebounds overall is like where uh, Zion had some of his most like dominant moments really in the season when you saw. I remember there was one against Indiana where I believe it was uh, maybe Justin Smith had complete like uh, inside position on uh, Zion and uh, Zion just went right over the top of him. And Justin Smith is a pretty explosive athlete himself. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, Zion just grabbed that rebound and went right back up and uh, dunked it on uh, Smith like nothing. And uh, I remember just watching that and cracking up because <laughs> it was like, it's just like, what can you do? So uh, yeah, uh, but um, I agree with pretty much uh, all the points you had so far. Uh, oh, also about the shooting. I think uh, that's the one thing. I don't know how much I believe in that, uh, like the breakdown uh, with the, that he shot two out of 17, but then he shot uh, better, I know, in 2019. But uh I mean, I don't think those sample, like just the numbers as far as the sample size in those uh, kind of stretches is uh, very telling. I think it's better to just look at the entire season. And uh, even more so, I think uh, if you're looking at least in his future translation as a shooter, uh, look at his free throw percentage as well and stuff like that. And obviously you mentioned the mechanics uh, are not, um, you know, textbook by any stretch. So, um, yeah, I'm not, I'm still a little bit skeptical about the three-point shooting, but I think if he is open, uh, uh, you know, he could hit him. He has decent touch. I think it's the mechanics, really, that need work. Uh, you know, foot alignment. Uh, his shot is kind of flat at times. Obviously, the release kind of on the side of his head and stuff like that. Uh, so, um, but yeah, I think that that that's kind of the main stuff I would uh, bring up uh, along with what you said. To get a little more specific into that, the catch and shoot, he shot actually about 13% better guarded than unguarded. And I wonder if that's because his load time allows defenders more time to close out. It almost looks like kind of later later t- sort of career Sam Perkins, um, that type of perimeter shot where it's almost like a fling type of thing where it's not really much legs. It's all arm. It's flat-footed. Maybe a little more Zach Randolph at times than uh, than Sam Perkins. But uh, as you just said, that can use work. On one hand, he's really an analytics guy's dream with shots only at the rim or three-point range, I guess if that's the uh, what, what uh, the analytics guys want. But it would help him immensely to come more vers- to become more versatile in his range. He really he rarely attempted jumpers off the dribble, rarely attempted mid-range, which pretty much coincide. I'll admit, I didn't watch too much um, of Zion in high school, but I'm guessing guys just played way off him to avoid becoming one of his infinite highlights. So he's just now starting to develop a jumper off the dribble. So he kind of gets caught with a sort of awkward set shot. Um, the stats say, I mean, again, small sample size. He was 4 of 13 on jumpers inside the three-point line, 2 of 12 shooting off the bounce. 
And I mean, the free throws, he pushes it forward a lot, so it re- it makes the shot flat. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it needs work. So, but I think he's just I as I'll talk about when we do the overall kind of draft topics. I really prioritize the work ethic of high motor guys. I believe it even to a fault at times. I mean, it's the same reason why I had Marvin Bagley as my number two prospect last year, because even though, I mean, we talk about RJ really struggling with to finish right. I mean, Marvin Bagley never finished right. And I mean, that's just a horrific weakness, which I mean, in the summer league, I was watching guys just completely overplaying and, and I'm like, Uh uh-oh, he better realize this real quick and start working on that right. But I feel like guys that just, the high-motor, hard-working guys, obviously I don't know them personally. I don't know how how hard they work off the court, but that's why I just believed in Bagley's ability to understand, to watch film, and to just work his ass off till he develops that right-handed finish. So I will say this is more just belief in Zion. I think... That shot won't ever, I mean, it's not like he's going to be J.J. Redick out there. But, uh, yeah, I, I think also he can finish right, but he really, he rarely did because he was rarely forced to. But he can. I mean, I saw that a bunch of times he can. He would much rather come back to his, um, his right shoulder and finish with his left. But he can finish right. Uh, he has great vision, great unselfishness, could hit Duke teammates on cuts in the few times there was off-ball movement, in the very little movement in Duke's offense. He didn't really get much of a chance to be a playmaker. Though early on, I didn't think he was necessarily ready to be one. One of his best attributes, especially early on, was picking his spots. And the rapid improvement in his playmaking for others and for himself was something I honestly just didn't expect. It was shocking. That was a great surprise. I mean, his teammate shot 6 of 11 on spot-ups from his ISO passes, but just 4 of 24 on spot-ups from the post, including 1 of 10 on the right block. But again, I don't know. I mean, again, small sample size. And I don't know if, if that's necessarily him. I mean, I was I was uh, I actually posted a video on Twitter where one of Cam's, uh, I would say, the moneymaker play that he might have is versus Gonzaga. But, and I'll explain that in a little bit, but it started off with the Zion kickout, and it's just so quick, great vision. I think Zion's passing is going to be a really solid attribute he's going to have in the league. Um, especially great playmaker in transition. About a third of his assists came there. His assist percentage went up 10% in transition to uh, 18.5. Again, not huge, but better. I think Zion should have been used much more in the short roll. I really have a problem, or no, I mean, that sounds angry. I think Coach K should use the short roll a little more, especially as much as the NBA does it. And he's had two guys with Zion and Wendell Carter these past two years who have the ability, I mean, talk about the triple threat. I think that would have been huge with Wendell Carter last year. Really wasn't used in a short roll at all. Zion wasn't used in the short roll. And I think he would have impressed even more if um, he'd gotten more chances in that specific type of uh, action. So uh, how do you feel? Uh, so I mentioned his, uh, his shooting a little more specifically. I mentioned his passing and kind of different situations like the short roll, which I think he will really, really be a threat. Um, he'll be lethal in the NBA. 
Yeah, um, I think that's definitely going to be like a big part of his uh, game in the NBA, like uh, playing as a role man. I will say, to be fair, a little bit to Coach K is, uh, you know, Duke didn't have the great spacing, uh, obviously, this year with the three-point shooting. And, uh, you know, um, college game in general doesn't have the ideal spacing for, you know, playing short roles. That's type very true. Up. That's very true. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, no, I totally agree that Zion should have been used more there at the very least. Uh, I don't know how much more, but definitely more. Uh, but um, uh, what did I want to say? Oh, yeah, about uh, going back to you, we were talking about his defense. I also definitely agree there that uh, uh, I think uh, because he was so dominant kind of as a shot blocker and, you know, roaming as a kind of a free safety on defense, uh, creating all these events, he was definitely a very, very effective defensive player, and I think he has a lot of defensive upside. But I think uh, that kind of is like a criticism of Zion. Uh, maybe uh, sometimes people overlook uh, him, like, executing defensive resp- responsibilities and, like, some of his positioning off ball and, uh, you know, just general focus and uh, awareness defensively. It wasn't always great, to be honest. There's a lot of missed rotations there or uh, kind of uh, over-gambling or... Uh, rotating to the wrong guy or missing uh, kind of a tag help situation at times. So definitely a a lot of work to do still for him, I feel like, on the defensive end. And uh, that goes with the decision-making on the other end uh, with the passing. Uh, I think he did a better job decision-making than RJ. And uh, I think he did a better job decision-making, as you mentioned, early on in the year. But uh, towards the end of the year, I felt like um, uh, during the NCAA tournament, at least in the games I watched, uh, there was a lot of plays where he kind of got tunnel vision and uh, as the team started to kind of pack the paint and, uh, you know, help off Trey Jones a lot, especially uh, they, uh, he would uh, often drive into like two, three guys and uh, kind of, uh, you know, uh, force up a really tough shot or had some turnovers there, had a, a less than one uh, assist to turnover ratio in the year. So I'm a fan of Zion's passing and uh, coming into the year, this is something that I actually talked about that uh, in AU in high school, I always thought he was an underrated uh, passer and playmaker. And, uh, you know, he's, uh, again, uh, like compared to like RJ, uh, who, you know, has that tendency to kind of put his head down and drive into guys as well. Um, I think Zion does a better job of that than uh, Barrett does. But uh, he also kind of started to do that a little bit more towards the year. And I felt like that's something he'll still need to work on. And, uh, you know, uh, uh, find guys a little bit better off the dribble at times, uh, make uh, some better reads, uh, finding shooters on the weak side and stuff. Although... Uh, again, to be fair, the Duke spacing wasn't ideal by any stretch. So, um, yeah, uh, uh, that would be kind of my comments uh, there. Yeah, I think everyone remembers if they saw it. The uh, when Duke played UCF, there was uh, the defenders. They were almost like taunting Trey Jones to shoot. So, I mean, it's tough to have confidence in passing out when the guys just aren't making shots. So, I, I mean, Zion would never say it, but I'm sure. That affected everything. And I actually hadn't mentioned his defense yet, but you gave a great start um, to his defense. I would say the best way to put it, uh, to start out, uh, Zion, he really, he stalks opponents on defense. I mean, it's crazy weak side anticipation for blocks and steals. Obviously, the chase down uh, blocks on unfortunate opponents with uh, LeBron-esque blocks in transition. He has a great sense of where the play will go, kind of that basketball IQ, and not just guessing. It's really anticipating and seeing it ahead. He gets a great jump on passes, especially when they're telegraphed, which happens a bunch in college. It won't happen as much in the NBA. Uh, he's kind of like Kenny Rogers, the gambler. Huh. He'll pay more often for gambling on D in the pros, especially playing so far off guys who can shoot. Like I just remember when Duke played Louisville, Jordan Nawara. I mean, he was just like, where are you, Zion? You're leaving a guy 
like Jordan Noir <laughs> who can just knock down shots. And I think that it's an adjustment. In 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 high school, the little bit I did watch, he was almost like a free safety, just roaming around, and he could just he has he has a great ability to close out no matter what. Everyone remembers the DeAndre Hunter block, but I mean he can't rely on that all the time. The, he'll still be one of the most athletic players in the NBA, but it won't be like college where he can make up ground and just be able to do to kind of make up for mistakes. Um, he allows himself to get sealed off and boxed out too easily, as I mentioned before. There are times in transition, I think he loafs back, and some don't pay attention to it because his highlights, when he turns the Jets on on other possessions with those chase down blocks and great plays, I mean, that's what really gets the highlights. But there's just as many where he doesn't get back nearly like he should, and he doesn't rotate back. So he, he has to get better at that consistently. Um, the risk-reward IQ took too many stupid risks at time, or not stupid, but just not great risks in un- unnecessary game situations. Um, he proved he does have the capability to be trusted. Coach K often had him in when he had three or four fouls when others might have been on the bench. So he does have the ability to be trusted. But, like, I, I mean, Michigan State, that loss for Duke, I mean, the first half, he picked up two just ticky-tack fouls and was out for when um, – I think Michigan State, they went on their big run at the end of the first half, and that really changed it. Duke had all of the momentum before that, so he they needed him, and the ticky-tack fouls, he's just got to be smarter. Um, Duke's run against Louisville was when Zion came in with about eight or ten minutes left in the game or something like that, when he had four fouls. So And Louisville, I kept questioning why they wouldn't just go at him. I mean, they couldn't even handle a basic zone press. They looked like they were just being, I don't know. Um, but, but in the NBA, if he has four fouls, eight, ten minutes left, teams are just going to go right at him. He's not going to be able to uh, get away with that. Well, the argument of why not just keep doing what works in terms of Zion's constant attacking of the rim, I would say the constant pounding on your body, it, I mean, it's going to take a toll on anyone. So becoming more of a threat, it'll add years to his career and be easier on his body. And it's just it's going to make his playmaking and penetration even more lethal. So those are my um, my thoughts on Zion. Um, you got anything uh, left for in terms of uh, maybe some some more about his impact or what I just said about um, possibility of uh, – I, I did mention more about the defense, more in depth, and in terms of the gambling, in terms of him in transition, anything else? Yeah, I mean, I'll just say first of all that um... – Zion is uh, clearly number one in this class for me. And, uh, you know, I think he has like superstar potential. And uh, I think he could even be a, end up being a top three, top five player realistically. I'm not saying he will for sure, but, you know, there's that upside with him. And, uh, you know, I'm a big fan of Zion. I have been a big fan of Zion since his days in AU high school. I had him number one uh, coming into the year. Uh, you know, obviously a lot of people had RJ and others number one. So I'm a big Zion fan. But I, I will say that... Uh, just to go back to some uh, criticisms. Uh, and uh, I will say also about the defense that, uh, yeah, he gambles a lot. But I'm personally, I think it's good. I'd rather have a guy that gambles on defense and tries to create events and tries to uh, break up plays and, uh, you know, uh, kind of really bothers the opposing scheme and, uh, you know, really makes his presence felt. Even if that leads to some mistakes, you know, nobody's perfect gambler out there. So I'd rather have that activity than not have it. But uh, I definitely agree that uh, he has, a, uh, you know, he has a tendency to over gamble. And uh, 
particular way, like you said, uh, you know, leaving guys open and not closing out. And uh, I think that kind of goes back to his conditioning. And that's where um, I think one of the bigger concerns for Zion uh, going long term and one of his bigger weaknesses is just uh, consistently playing with really high effort. And, uh, you know, uh, playing at 100% uh, percent and with super high motor. Like, when he wants to, he could play with a crazy motor and uh, beat guys on rebounds like crazy and, uh, you know, dominate defensively. But, uh, you know, other, other times, especially when Duke started to go up by double digits, he would definitely start to take some plays off and kind of just hang around. And I think that has something to do with, uh, you know, him not being in the tip-top shape. And uh, that could not only, uh, you know, in the NBA come back to bite you because, you know, if you're not playing at 100% consistently in the NBA, uh, it's going to be, you know, a lot harder to be, uh, you know, reach his upside, obviously. But also, I think that conditioning could possibly come back as a, you know, injury concern as well. Unfortunately, I hope not. I hope I'm wrong and uh, that doesn't happen. But, uh, you know, that's something that's, uh, you know, with somebody who's 280 pounds and, uh, like you said, so aggressive attacking the rim and jumps so high and puts so much strain on his body is uh, definitely going to be a concern to some extent uh, with him as well. Uh, for I've talked to some guys who do uh, kind of strength, strength and conditioning, like training uh, uh, medical stuff, and uh, they said that uh, they like what they like about Zion is he uh, does a pretty good job landing and uh, that he doesn't, uh, you know, guys that often ha- end up, uh, you know, hurting themselves uh, usually do it uh, in a poor landing situation, and Zion uh, does a good job of avoiding that. So uh, that's a good sign, but uh, still, there's some concern there. And uh, like you said, uh, if he wants to have a prolonged career, um, there's maybe some concern that he's a guy that peaks earlier in his career, in his early 20s, when he's really in his athletic prime. And if he doesn't really develop that skill game as his athleticism starts to dwindle somewhat uh, in uh, his later 20s and obviously in his 30s, um, you know, he won't uh, be in his prime for as long as a time as you'd like from, uh, you know, somebody who... Uh, you know, you could potentially be building your team around and uh, maybe, you know, even be contending for a championship or something like that. So uh, that skill game, is, uh, as his athleticism does start to kind of uh, not be at its maximum uh, peak, uh, you know, uh, he's going to have to rely on the skill more and he's going to have to develop that. So, uh, yeah, that's going to be something that's uh, going to be a big part of him, uh, you know, reaching. Is he going to be all-time great player or is he just going to be, you know, this athletic uh, wonder for a few years and then just kind of... Uh, dwindle somewhat yeah because i remember a guy like uh josh smith he was a kind of a, a freak athlete and i mean it's crazy to think he was 225 i remember him being so big and athletic and zion's like 40 pounds uh more than that so i mean josh smith i always wondered like when i was watching before i really started getting deeper into the game i was like he's not a good three-point shooter and he just uh he settles for so many threes when he's so athletic he get in there and it made me wonder if he's just re- I mean, it's, I guess in a way it's smart. You're just trying to maintain your career, trying to last. And so I'm wondering, do you think Zion, what is he, 280 now? Uh, does he need to, uh, do you think, not need to, do you think it would be helpful or smart if he did kind of knock off a couple pounds? I'm not saying at all he's overweight, but just to uh, knock off a few, it would help. Uh, I don't know if it's uh, the weight number exactly. I mean, that's like an easy, like broad weight yeah. to refer yeah. to how big he is and all that. But uh, it, uh, I just, I do think he could get better conditioning ways, definitely. 
and uh, like I said, to uh, you know, taking some plays off at times and not being able to go 100%. And, uh, you know, he didn't play the big minutes that RJ and Cam did. And, uh, you know, there's different reasons for that. But I think part of the reason is conditioning again and just stamina. So I do think he could definitely be in a better shape than he is now. And I think to really reach that superstar upside that I think he has, uh, you know, that would be a part of the process for him. The worst thing I could ever do is compare anyone to LeBron, but a kind of LeBron, how he does take some plays off because his team depended on him so much. I think Duke, because their half court offense was so awful, they did depend so much on creating live ball turnovers. So, uh, and Zion was one of the guys who created the most. So there are times I do think he kind of took a play or two off or not off, but took it easy a little bit because they couldn't rely on being half court efficient. So they had to get those crazy. They had to, he had to create a lot was dependent on him. What do you think of his on ball defense? Cause I thought he had some really impressive, like on ball, like point of attack uh, defensive moments. But um, at other times I feel like just uh, cause he's so big again. And uh, you know, it, uh, he didn't always like, it wasn't always able to flip his hips really fast. And at times got kind of blown by, got kind of caught flat put it, I guess. So I do think, uh, opponents were better yeah I mean there's some guys which as really agile as he is yeah he can't stick with them but the mistake was then him trying to make up for it and then committing the fouls but uh, I, I do think he's not elite in terms of on ball but I think he's much better I do think you can switch him almost one through five. I mean, not all the time. I don't want him out there guarding point guards. Like if he's guarding somebody like Kyrie Irving, then there's, there's issues. But I do think for, for plays at a time, I I do think you can trust him out there. It's just as his energy might wane a bit. And as you said, the hips, they, they, they don't turn quickly, but I do think for a guy, his size, I'm not sure who is able to really stay with point guard. So I think just the fact that a guy his size can at times is a credit to him. Who who is somebody maybe around his size or someone? I know it's his size. Who who's someone kind of with his skill set who who you would say can stay with uh, point guards or or guards besides like LeBron? Well, yeah, I was gonna say younger LeBron. I guess Ben Simmons. He's not obviously not as big as Zion. Uh, like with what in like frame strength wise but yeah ben simmons would be like the nearest i would say probably yeah so no i mean i agree that it it wasn't a strength but i think he can he can stick with uh the majority of guys and you can um you can drop him in coverage i i think he can guard one through five but more often two through five and he's just gotta i think teams have to be aware within the system of providing help giving him some backup. So I'm just like, I mean, J.J. Redick, he's not going to be able to stay in front of, I mean, totally different player, but he's not going to be able to stay in front of guys on defense. But teams, they're good with certain players about kind of using their system to help them out. J.J. Redick, I mean, as a team within the system, the Sixers, they were they were going to have help there waiting and uh, the Clippers before that. So Zion, I think, on the times he does get switched, you just got to be aware. But I think overall more often than not he's he is a plus they're looking forward to keeping in contact with you and uh being on the pod if you uh, if you ever want to have me on again well thank, thanks so much mike i definitely look forward to that i definitely will and uh again appreciate your time enjoy your day